Hallelujah. I would say go ahead and be seated, but some of you probably already are. And, uh, and we're going to get into the word today. Uh, now, I don't necessarily have a Mother's Day message, but this, this message is, uh, is for mothers. It's a message for all of us. And, uh, and at the end of the service, after we do tithes and offerings, we will have a, we're gonna, if you came by la, uh, yesterday, and it was so great to see so many of you moms yesterday and, and uh, see your smiling faces, be able to, um, you know, just connect with you. It was such an awesome time. So thank you for coming by and, and uh, making us a part of your Saturday yesterday. And, and at the end of the service, uh, you, received, you received a ticket yesterday, and we're going to do a drawing at the end of the, today's service. Um, to, to give those uh, baskets out, and, and uh, we're so glad that was, you were able to come by and connect with us. If those that weren't, we missed you, and we're so looking forward to seeing you. Uh, also, I'll go ahead and make this announcement. Uh, what we, we sought direction from the Lord on what we're to do as a church. There's a lot of different churches doing different things, um, but with the Savelles and, and Annette and I, we've discussed is we're going to start, we're going to have our first in, in-person here uh, back on campus service on June 7th. And, and so, um, so just make sure you continue to listen and look for the messages, um, that we'll have and communicating things that would be need, needful during that time. And we're waiting to see how things unfold in the state of Texas through our governor. And, um, and so we're, we're excited and looking forward to also, we have some other announcements at the end of service, but I want to go ahead and get into the word. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to, um, Hebrews chapter 11 and I'll get there in a moment. And I'm going to continue talking about a life of faith. Life of faith. Thank you, Father. Now, a life of faith, um, and I'm going to be on this for a while. I mean, this is all based on one of the instructions the Lord gave me um, before the beginning of the year, and it was that word simplify. And what does simplify mean? It means bring back to the basic essentials. And so that's what, as your pastor, that's what I've been dealing with throughout this year is going back to the basic essential essentials, whether it's talking about who you're with or talking about the word. And now we're talking about a life of faith. Uh, even last week, that message that Dr. Savell preached last week about God's stimulus package, you know, and, and, and the favor of God, all these things come through understanding this life of faith. You know, the life of faith isn't about, uh, it's not a message. It's not just a message. It's not a denomination. It's, it's not a movement. It's not something that was for this particular era. But no, the, the, lot, the message of faith is the message of the gospel. You know, if, if, you, if, you're not, if, if we're not preaching the message of faith and you don't understand faith, then you're never going to understand salvation because we are saved through faith, Right? By grace are you saved through faith. So if I don't understand faith and I don't step into faith, then it's going to be hard for me to fully grasp everything that God has for my life. So don't look at it. The message of faith is just a message. Oh, oh, he's teaching on faith. or he No, everything comes down to this aspect of faith, this life of faith. And I'm not going to go in great detail today, but this life of faith, I believe when we truly understand it, it brings about a personal revival. It brings about a corporate revival, and it brings about a community awakening. And we're going to see that throughout the weeks to come, but this life of faith. You know, this is so important in the fact that when Jesus was talking in the, in, to, in the book of Luke, Luke records how it said that Jesus told a parable about this woman, uh, this certain woman that went to the unjust judge, and he goes through the whole story, and he makes this statement. He says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? That means when Jesus comes back to get the church, his bride, what does it say? He says, when he comes, 
Will he find faith in the earth? So faith is something important. Faith, God recognizes faith. Jesus recognized faith. He, he labeled faith. He talked about exceeding great faith. He talked about little faith. He talked, he said, where is your faith? So, so Jesus could recognize it. We, we also know that, that faith is what pleases God. So like I said, faith isn't just a message. Faith is how you and I live as believers. Habakkuk 2, 4, Galatians 3, 11, Romans 1, 17, Hebrews 10, 38. It says the just shall live by faith. Just as humans, just being here on the earth, you know, if we don't have oxygen, we, we cannot live. It's the same thing way as a believer. If we're going to walk through this life and, and, and live according to kingdom principles in this world, we're going to have to do it by and in faith. Faith is part of who we are. And it's something that we continually need to cultivate and continue need to grow in and understand because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I so love to come to church. I so love listening to messages and getting to the word. Why? Because I know when I'm listening to a message or I'm in a church service or in a convention or I'm listening to something online while I'm running with my headphones on, you know what? I'm being built up in faith. Why? Because I'm hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we talking about this life of faith, last time I ministered on this, we talked about how we have to be established. If we're going to have great faith, we first of all had to be established in the love of God. The love of God is the foundation that we build our lives upon. Amen. Now I want to start off with a couple of scriptures here and we'll get to Hebrews in just a moment. But I want to read this in the Passion Translation in 1 Timothy chapter 1, hallelujah, verse, uh, verse 3. It says, as I urge you when I left for Macedonia, I'm asking that you remain in Ephesus to instruct them not to teach or follow the error of deceptive doctrines. Now, I'm encouraging this. This is Paul writing to Timothy And he was saying, instruct them and teach them not to follow the error of deceptive doctrines. As your pastor, I want to encourage you, don't get involved in all the deception, all the things, the fear, the pressures that are happening in our world currently. So he's telling, Paul's telling Timothy, hey, instruct these things, tell them not to teach. He's saying, don't meaning not to teach. Don't keep communicating things. There's some people that out here, I even seen with ministers and things like that. And I, <clears throat> and I, I I'm not going to call anyone out, but my thing is, is we need to be preaching the gospel and not continue perpetuating lies or our opinions about things. Paul tells Timothy, he goes, instruct them not to teach or follow the error of deceptive doctrines, nor to pay any attention to cultural myths, traditions, or the endless study of genealogies. Those digressions only breed controversies and debates. And what they are devoid of power that builds up and strengthens the church in the faith of God. So what I'm in, what I'm doing today is, is the thing is, is we always have to bring things back to the word. 
Because anything besides the word is going to tear down, either tear down people or is going to tear down someone's faith is going to get them off course. And here Paul is telling Timothy, don't tell them not to teach or follow after these deceptive things. And it said cultural myths. See, there's a lot of things going in our world today. Hey, let's make sure we keep the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus and the word. Okay. And it says, why? Because these they're devoid of power that build up and strengthen the church in the faith of God. See, I'm here to build you up in faith, not tear you down in faith. See, the enemy out there, the enemy in the world, messages that come from the enemy are to do what? To tear down your faith. So here, as the church, as your pastor, I'm going to build you up in faith. See, we are to grow up in faith. Let's go to, um, I'm going to go to now uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It'd help me if I got to the right chapter. There we go. Paul says this, and starting in verse 4, I believe, he says, he goes, I'm filled up with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice, and it's clear that you two were following in the footsteps of their godly example. He says, Paul says, I get joy when I, when I realize and I see your strong faith. Now, in the King James, it talks about how he goes, I see your unfeigned faith. And what does that mean? It means I see your unfeigned faith. What does unfeigned mean? It means real. It means genuine. It means it's the real deal. So the opposite of unfeigned would be feigned means pretend. It means simulated. It means counterfeit. So here, what, what, the, what Paul's telling Timothy, he goes, he goes, I get joy when I think about your real, genuine faith. And he goes, and I saw that faith in your grandmother, and I saw that faith in your mother Lois. I, I want you to realize that faith is, is something that we continue to teach, and it's something that we continue to model. I don't know about you, but I, want, I don't want to have a, 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 a fake faith. I want to have a real faith, a faith that's genuine. I don't want to have a faith that when, just when everything is going good, I can talk faith. But, but what happens when things aren't going well? What happens when, when storms come against you? What happens when, when you get a doctor's report or this happens or something happens on your job? Is, is it the same? Is it the same? No, you, we have to make sure that we're continuing to be built up in faith. So let's talk about, continue to talk about this life of faith. Let's look here now in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Verse 6, it's a familiar scripture to us, heritage of faithites. <laughs> You've heard this scripture a lot. I've got a few laughs in here anyway. There's only a few in here anyway. But, but without faith, <clears throat> it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is in that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him without faith 
it's impossible to please him. Him who? God. Hallelujah. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. I must believe that he is. He is. I must believe he is. That he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One thing we have to, as we, as we talk about this life of faith, faith is all built out of relationship. Believe that he is. Now, I want to unfold something here a little bit and just kind of show you, and just not just talk, cutting terms or, or vocabulary necessarily, I want you to see a little bit of difference that I see, that I've seen in my own life. I believe there's a difference between belief and trust. Now, I believe this is a newspaper. And I believe that it has news in it. But do I trust everything that's in here? You, you see, there, there's, there's, there's a difference. See, believe that he is. And you've seen me use this illustration that I can bring a chair up here. And we, we would all say, I believe that that is a chair. My belief is that that's a chair. Why? Through experience. I've seen a chair. I've sat in a chair. So I know it's a chair. But the question is, do you, tr- will you take the next, next step to sit down in it? Because there's a dif- difference between believing in something, some existence and will you trust that it can hold you? See, there's a difference. You know, a lot of people that believe God exists, but do they trust God to surrender their lives to him? It's a difference. Believe that he is. See, trust is all about relationship. So as we talk about a life of faith this morning, I want to talk about and unpack this aspect of trust. As I said, trust is a relational word. Trust speaks of reliability. What is reliability? Reliability, if you have reliability, if you rely upon someone, then you have confidence in someone. What is reliability? It is to to rest your mind on Someone's integrity, veracity. You say, what's veracity? Veracity means they're habitually tell the truth. What is justice? They do the thing. They do right things because they're right. Friendship or the principle or the sound principles of another person. So let me say that again. What is When someone has reliability, what I'm saying is you can have confidence in them. When I say someone's reliable, what am I saying? You can rest your mind on someone's integrity, on their veracity, on their justice, on their friendship, or the sound principles of another person. That's what reliability is. And I love how it said there in the Webster's, how it said the friendship. I can rest my mind on their friendship. You know, it's impossible to have, have trust without another party. Trust always based on, is based on something else. Believe that he is. See, faith is all about being totally dependent upon him. 
What an awesome message Dr. Savelle preached about God's stimulus package. But, but the thing is, is what we have to do is, yes, we can believe that God can have our back. But do you truly, truly trust him? It's believing that he is. So when I believe that he is, what I'm saying, I'm resting my mind on his integrity. I'm resting my mind on his veracity. I'm resting my mind on his just justice. I'm resting my mind on his friendship and I'm resting my mind on his sound principles. Believe that he is. Let's, let's real quick. Keep your place there in Hebrews 11 and go over to Psalms chapter nine, Psalms nine. Psalms 9, something is birthed or destroyed within relationships. You can either destroy trust or you can build trust. Trust is relational. In Psalms 9, the psalmist writes here, starting in verse 8, and he will judge the world in righteousness. Actually, look at verse seven. But the Lord shall remain and continue forever. Forever is a long time. Hallelujah. He has prepared and established his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness, rightness and equity. He will minister justice to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed. If you're oppressed today, receive this scripture. The Lord will be a refuge. He will be a refuge. The Lord will be a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed, a refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble. Now look at verse 10. And they who know your name, who have experienced an acquaintance with your mercy, will lean on you and confidently Put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you, inquire of you, for you, on the authority of God's word and the right of their necessity. Now, think about this. I love this. It says, and they who know your name, and they who know your name will put their trust in you. You see, you, you, have, to, you have to see this this morning because those who know your name, what is know here? It means firsthand experience. First-hand experience is not based on someone else's experience, but it's based on your experience. Those who know your name will do what? Put their trust. So let me put it this way. Those who don't know your name will not be able to put their trust. See, everything comes down to life of faith comes down to the relationship that you have with this word. Why? Because this word is him. This word is his nature. This word is his character. This word is his promises. It's his covenant to you and I. It's how he operates. It's, it's what you have a right to. Those who know your name will do what? Will put your trust. Now, let's go back to the newspaper for a second. I can believe that this is news. But you know what? I don't know who this Tessa is. Well, I, I don't know who this Christian is. Well, it's news. Yeah, but I don't know them. I don't know their integrity. I don't know their character. I don't know. Well, maybe there's another agenda on why they're writing that article. 
Maybe they have a, maybe they're getting paid by someone to write an article in a certain way. You see, I don't, I don't, I don't know that particular, these particular people. Well, but it's news, Pastor Justin. Yes, but you know what? I'm not going to, you know, I may read some of it and I may pull some things out of it, but you know what? Ultimately, I'm not going to base my life upon it. Why? Because I don't know their name. Well, you you just said, oh, I know their name, but see, name is so much more than, than me just saying the name Tessa or the name Christian in these particular articles in the newspaper. And it's so much more than you just calling him God. It's so much more than you just saying, well, he's Jesus. You know, you heard, well, he's Jehovah Jireh or he's this. No, this, yes, it's great to have an understanding of, of what the name is, but do you know him? Do you know him? Those who know your name is not just saying, hey, I said God or I said Jehovah. I said Adonai or I said El Elyon or whatever name, Hebrew name you might want to put on it. The thing is, do you know him? Those who know your name. So when it says name, those who know your name, it's saying, do you know his ways and do you know his character? Do you know his person? Because see, when you know his name, it says they will put their trust in him. You see, when you know, see, I, I know Annette Bridges. I know Dr. Savell and Miss Carolyn. Why? Not just because I heard them preach, not just because I'm married to know I, I, I've spent time with them. I've watched them walk through through great victories. I, I, I've walked, I've seen them face challenges and come out and I've watched how they remain faithful through it all. So, so you know what? I, yeah. Dr. Savelle says something, you know what? I'm going to say, I believe that. Why? Because I trust my mind rests on their integrity, their character and their sound principles. It's the same thing with my wife. I, if she says something, you know what? I trust it. Why? Because I know her name. I know her ways. I know her character. I know the way she is when no one else is watching and no one else is looking. I see her compassion for people. I, I see her heart for others and, and I see her heart for her family, her heart for me. And so if she says something, I trust it. Why? Because I know her name. It's impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is. When you know something is, it is. When something is, you can't talk it out. It's not something else. It is, it is, it is. And the amazing thing about is, 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 is always present tense. Because if it was past tense, it was, was. But because it is, it is. Believe that he is, meaning, meaning that I can, I can base my, I can trust him. Why? Because he is today what he was yesterday and what he will be tomorrow. See, a life of faith is, is not just built on an idea about God, not just based on an assumption of what he could do or what he might do It's based on who he is. He is my provider. He is my healer. He is a miracle worker. Go, go, just flip over a page. Go look at Hebrews. And we'll go into a couple of other things. Hebrews 11, verse 32. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also. Say David also. 
And it says, and Samuel and of the prophets. Now, what did they do? Who through faith? I love that. It said, not because through their great wisdom, through their, through their own ability, through their, their, their abundance of finances. Now it says, who through faith, what did they do? They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the, of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Now think about that. Here, through faith, all these different ones, hey, they became victorious through faith. But what is faith? It's believing that he is. It's not just having an idea or like a belief in God, but it's having a trust in his person and his character. David, say David. David was a man after God's own heart. And David, he knew God. He had a personal relationship with God. Let's look at a few scriptures about David and what he communicated to us about this aspect of trust. Let me make this statement to you, and you can write this down. A faith that is alive is seen in trust. Faith that's living is seen in trust. Thank you, Father. Look at Psalms 37. For the sake of time, I'll just go ahead and read, read these. You can make notes of these. This whole chapter is great. But just for uh, sake of time, look at verse 2. In the Amplified, it says, Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord, and do good. Now think about this. Here, this is David. And what did we say about through faith they did these things? They had great victories through faith. Now let's look at a faith that's living in this man of faith named David. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and surely feed and feed surely on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. See, when you commit your way, all of a sudden now you just stepped over into trust. Because, see, you can, you can pray, you can seek God, and, and you can do that. But all of a sudden, when you commit, all of a sudden, now you're stepping out on something. What are you stepping out on? You're stepping out on trust. I'm committing something, meaning there's an exchange. Because I trust him, I commit myself to him. I commit myself. Commit your way to the Lord. Lean on and be confident also in him. And he and he and he will bring it to pass. Commit your way. So when I step into trust, I'm now going to be able to commit my way to the Lord. And what happens when I commit? He brings it to pass. There's some of you, you're believing God for some things. There's some, you, some of you are believing God for breakthroughs. But you know what? It's trust says, I commit this situation. I commit my way to your way, Father, because I believe, I trust in you that you're going to bring it to pass in my life. Now look at Psalm 62. Psalm 62. 
Psalm 62 verse 5 says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. I love that. My soul waits only upon God. Is he your only right now? Is he your only right now? Only. You know, it's like, well, God, I can handle, God, I'll handle this, this, and this, but this, this one, I'll give it to you. No, only. He only, he only, my soul waits only upon God for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and salvation. He is my defense. See, he is, he is. See, what is a man of faith saying? He's always declaring who God is in the situation. But too often we, we, we sometimes keep declaring what's not. What hasn't? Instead of saying, well, he's this, he's this. Well, this is the way it looks like, but he is, he is, he is my defense. I shall not be moved. I love that. See, when you step into trust, it now also now causes you to be established and it causes you to be immovable in difficult circumstances. Verse seven in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. How often? See, this is, he says, those that know his name will put their trust in him. We're seeing a man of faith who, who, who obtained kingdoms. We're seeing a man of faith that, 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 that had great victories, overcame great defeats, even made personal mistakes, but stepped out of it. Why? Because he understood him. Verse eight, trust in him some of the time. No, trust in him at all times, at all times, at all times, at all times. That, I love how it says all, because that means there's, there's, there's not say, well, only in these times, well, when it's going bad or when, when things aren't turning out the way that you think they should No, I trust in him at all times, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Let's look at one, one more example with David. Let's, let's look at Psalm 71. And you can mark uh, verses one all the way through verse eight. But for, I'm just going to read verse five, uh, five through uh, five and six. David says this again, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. And the source, now listen to that, and the source of my confidence. You're my trust from my youth and the source of my confidence. The source of my confidence. Upon you have I leaned and relied from birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb and you have been my benefactor from that day. My praise is continually of you. I love that. Upon you have I leaned and relied from birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. And you've been my benefactor. You've heard me talk about this word benefactor. What is benefactor? He's the one that gives me the advantage. What is he saying? From my childhood. I, I, my, you're the source of my confidence. From my childhood, I relied upon you. 
from my childhood. I can rest my mind on your integrity, on your veracity, your justice, your friendship, and your sound principles. And you are my benefactor. You're the one that gives me advantage. And I believe even in the midst of coronavirus, even in the midst of what might be happening in your life, even what's happened, I believe the favor of God is on your life. And I believe according to what David said here, he is our benefactor. He's the one that gives us the advantage. And I believe that he's given you the advantage right now, advantage in your workplace, advantage in your community, advantage in every situation. He's my benefactor. What does that mean? I, I'm relying everything that I am on him. He's my source. He's my provider. Everything I need, I'm placing my confidence on him. Why? Because he is my source. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This trust. Trust is relationship. It's built. Out. And, and also, when you get a hold of this life of trust and this life of faith, it's something that it's something you teach and it's something you model. Turn your Bibles to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Just stay with me. It's a little longer here. A little teaching. 1 Kings. Now, I want to look at David at the very end of his life. We just read those scriptures about David. David being a man of faith a man of trust. And when I believe when someone in this time was about to leave and depart and pass away, I believe the most, I believe what they communicate are the most important things. Not necessarily worried about all the things that are happening in the world right now, but they're more focused on the most important things. Remember a story of a guy that ran our office in Canada what an just amazing man named Bob Olmstead, and I remember uh, Doctor Savell telling us a story about him, and and he was about to he he was about to pass away and go to heaven, and 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 he was he was standing there, and he had been in a place where he was uh, he, he was. Uh, on life support, and but there came a moment where he came out a little bit, and and he necessarily couldn't speak uh, necessarily, and 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 I remember right before he passed away, he looked at each one of his kids and each one of his families, and he pointed at each one of them, and he made that he said, "Go with God, go with God, go with God, go with God." Why? Because that was the most important thing. You know, when Jesus is about to, uh, about to lay his life down and we see John chapter 14 through John 17, I believe he's releasing to the disciples and to you and I, the most important things that we need to know in life. Like, like don't let your heart be troubled. I'm sending the Holy spirit abide in me, abide in my word. And so I believe Jesus was communicating the most important things that we would need. So I believe when David was at the very end of his life. I believe he was, he called his son by him, Solomon. And I believe his, his, this life of faith, this life of trusting God, this life that, 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 that saw uh, great things happen, saw great victories and saw Goliath falling in front of him and, and all these things, I believe he wanted Solomon to know how are we, how am I to lead? How am I to live? How am I to carry on your name? How am I to do what you did? How am I to do these things? And I believe David said, Solomon, you need to know these things. These are what's important. So first Kings chapter one, chapter two, verse one, the amplified, it says, 
When David's time to die was near, he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. And what does he say? Be strong and show yourself a man. Man, what a statement. Be strong and show yourself a man. Meaning I'm about to leave here. So don't get caught up in, in, in my passing. But be strong and be a man. Verse three, what does he tell him? Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his precepts, and his testimonies. As is written in the, Lord, in the law of Moses, that you may do wisely and prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. Was he, it's like he's calling his son by his side and he's saying, son, remember how I lived my life? Remember the law of Moses? Remember the stories I told you? Remember even the songs that I wrote, how, how, the, how, how, how they got through the Red Sea? Remember the Psalms I wrote, how God came through? Remember the Psalms that I wrote, how, how God provided, how God did this or how God did that? Remember all those things. And, and, and why? Because every, every song that David sang was birthed out of him knowing the law, knowing the testimonies. Knowing what Moses wrote, knowing those particular things. And he was saying, Solomon, keep these things. How are you going to be strong? How are you going to become the man of God that God's called you to be? By keeping the testimonies, by keeping the commands, but by knowing him, knowing him. And if you know these things, what does it say? It says you will do wisely and prosper and prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. I hear him saying, as Moses did those things. As you watch my life, you're going to experience the same success. Then verse four says that the Lord may fulfill his promise to me saying, if your son, now get this, if your sons, if your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and mind and with all their soul, there shall not fail you to have a man on the throne of Israel. Wow, what is David telling Solomon? If you give heed to your way, if you watch how you walk, there's nothing that can hinder you from being the king that you need to be. But everything is going to be birthed. David was saying, everything is going to come out of you doing and living the way I lived. I trusted in God. I trusted in him. As I trusted in him, son, I was made to prosper. As I trusted in him, I was able to roll. Yes, I made mistakes. Yes, I disappointed people. Yes, I did those things. Yes, I allowed some of those things. But, but in all, God forgave me. In it all, God restored me. In it all, God showed himself strong in my life. So I want to encourage you today. What is your life built upon? It's got to be built upon him. He told Solomon, he says, Hallelujah. If your son takes heed to the way to walk before me in truth, what with all their heart. With all commit your way, trust in him at all times. Faith is where in your heart and in your mouth. Trust. Living a life of faith. Is a life of trust. 
God, I give you my life. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I'll go there. Go to Jeremiah. Just a couple, just. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'll close with this. I have more, but I think I need to stop. Jeremiah 9, verse 23 in the King James. It says, thus says the Lord, let not. Yeah. Yeah. Before I communicate the scripture. Now think David communicated to Solomon. He was saying with all your heart. But what does Solomon write to us? In Proverbs 3, verse 5. What is Proverbs? We see this on coffee mugs. We see it on calendars. We see it. Solomon wrote Proverbs. And what did Solomon write? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean. And don't lean on your own understanding. So David taught his son. His son now is instructing us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean, don't lean on your own understanding. Church, family, don't lean on what's happening in our world right now. Lean, what does lean mean? Lean, lean, is, like, lean is like putting all your weight upon something. Meaning, meaning I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest upon it. But you know what? You can't lean on what's happening in our world today. There's not there. It's up one day. It's one. It's down the next division, racism, hurt, loss, lies, deception. So many things are happening in the world. And just like Paul told Timothy, don't follow these things. Don't follow these things. But grow in faith. Solomon was saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and what he's going to direct your path. You need to acknowledge him in all your ways and what he'll direct you. He's going to, he's going to direct us as a church in this. He's going to direct you out of the situation you might be in. But you first have to come to a place of trusting with all of your heart and not leaning on your own understanding. What is own understanding? It's reasoning. Your own understanding is trying to figure it out yourself. Own understanding is trying to do it maybe the way they did it. We have to trust him with all of our heart. And here in Jeremiah 29 verse 23 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man Glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understands and he knows me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let not a wise man glory in his own wisdom. See, it's not our own understanding, it's not what you can do in your own ability or your own strength. Let not a mighty man glory in his might. It doesn't matter how much education you might have or how strong you might be in the natural. Let not a rich man glory in his riches. It's not about how much, how many, how much finances you might currently have. But let him that glorieth glory in this, 
that he understands and knows me. Wow. That I am, that I am the Lord that exercise love and kindness, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Wow. That you understand this. Glory in this. Make much about what? What does glory mean? That you exalt. That you make it important. What do you make important? That you understand and you know him. Wow. Oh, Father, that we would know you. That we would know you in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of circumstances, we would know you. We, we are, we, that you, we would know that you're the God whose favor surrounds, surrounds about us like a shield. That we would know that you are a God that has provided for our, our stimulus packages. That we would know that, that you are our healer, that you're our provider, that you're our strengthener, strengthener Lord, and that we would trust you with all of our heart and we would not lean on our own understanding, but we would understand and we know you. And as we would know you, Father, as a church family, as, as believers, Father, that we would have unshakable faith because of an unchangeable God. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. Lord, forgive us in areas that we haven't trusted you. Forgive us in areas where we've tried to figure it out on our own. Forgive us if we have allowed fear to come in because of what we've been meditating on us. Forgive us for paying more attention to what's happening in the media than what's happening in your kingdom. Father, because our one desire is to know you, to understand and know you. We thank you for it today, Father. Hallelujah. I trust in you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must trust that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Speak your strength and your life over each one of us today. Hallelujah. Just right where you are in your home. If you're driving, please don't do this. But if you're at home, just just stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And whether you need healing in your body, wisdom for the next steps you need to take, Whatever it is, maybe you're in a place of confusion. I want you to pray this prayer after me. And it's, it's what we read earlier in Psalms 37. I want you to repeat this after me. Father, 
I choose to trust in you. I choose to dwell in the earth. And as I do, I will feed on your faithfulness. And as I feed on your faithfulness, I thank you that you will strengthen me. You will equip me. You will provide for me. Today, I choose to delight myself in you. And as I do, I thank you, Father, that you give me the desires of my heart. Today, I commit my way to you. I roll every care and every burden on you. Today, I believe that you are and I trust in you. I don't lean on my own understanding, but I acknowledge you. I trust in you. And as I trust in you, I thank you that you are bringing your promises to pass in my life. I receive healing in my body, direction for my life, strength in my weakness, hope in my discouragement. I choose today to be still and rest in the Lord. I will not fear in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Well, give him a shout of praise. If you receive that today, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Thank you, father. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. You are good. He is good and his mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, right where you are, just give him a shout of praise right where you are. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Rick.